welcome to this episode of the Hit Local Play Global podcast, where we sit down and showcase the great people in the Victorian tennis community. I'm Sean O'Kane, and I'm joined here by Gab Tobias. Welcome, Gab. Thank you, Sean. It's always fun to be here doing these podcasts. We have a new guest today, obviously, and that guest is none other than the fantastic Marco Percy from the Clorinda Tennis Club. So Marco is a leader in the inclusive coaching space. And did you know, well, you're probably going to find out very soon (laughs) when you keep listening, but Marco is also responsible for having coached Keith and Dylan, don't need surnames anymore, um, when they were very young, when they started around the ages of 14 and 11, respectively. So I'm really looking forward to hearing about that. Yeah, definitely a a reason to tune in and listen to this one. So he's certainly got some great stories, Marco. So let's have a listen to Marco Percy, interviewed by Tennis Victoria's coaching leader, John Watson. Thanks, Marco, for for joining us today. And I really appreciate you um, spending some time to talk to us. The first question I'd like to ask you is just very simply, where did your tennis journey start and where was your first club? Firstly, thanks for having me on. I guess my tennis started in the garage, you know, against a brick wall. And then um, I was in grade four at the time, so I probably started a lot later than what the kids start now. Grade four teacher took us down to the local tennis club, Sacred Heart Tennis Club in Oakley, and we had a PE session down there, and and that sort of just led into joining the, the club and Saturday morning coaching, and then just, um, you know, fell in love with the sport and continued. What was it about tennis that, that really attracted you? Just the challenge. It's it's You're out there on your own and it was always your shot. So you're always doing something. You weren't just sort of hanging around waiting for the ball to come to you. You're actively sort of playing all the time. So I think I enjoyed the, the challenge of that one-on-one battle. And with a name like Marco Percy, soccer, football, was that was that something that you did growing up at all? And uh, not to mention the Euros, please, from... Uh, few months ago so that still hurts a bit but um <laughs> any other like soccer any other sports that that you were playing at that age yeah i do come from like an italian background and love my soccer and and you know i love my footy but having you know traditional italian parents football and soccer was too rough so they enjoyed that i um picked up tennis so big italian family any many other siblings or yeah i've got two older sisters and luckily they sort of always had tennis on in the background as well TV. I remember seeing photos of me with Wimbledon on in the background as a kid. So, um, so tennis was probably part of the, you know, part of the family, a sport that the the family had on TV and watched a, a bit when I was growing up. How did you get from a kid at Oakley just sort of playing on a Saturday morning, have a bit of fun, into to coaching a few years later? What was what was that journey like? Being part of the the club at Oakley, the transition to coaching started there. So, I was probably about sixteen at the time. And I helped my coach, you know, run some lessons and, and got in, involved that way. I guess back then, 15, 16, everyone's looking for a part-time job and being on tennis court, coaching and helping others was a lot more attractive than working at Maccas and Hungry Jacks at the time. And you want to give a shout-out to your, your first coach? Is um, you, You're still keeping contact? Is he still coaching and around? Yeah, well, there was two, um, Noel Holland and... Mick Lawden. So Mick Lawden, we still catch up with and um, and he sort of guided me through sort of my coaching and, and even starting up a business. And yeah, we're still in contact a lot now. That's great. So you're the, the head coach at Clarinda Tennis Club and run your own business, Bounce and Hit. So 
you've had lots of experience in, in all areas of coaching at the club, but the, the main reason we got you on today is because of your expertise and your experience in the inclusion space. So can you just sort of tell, tell us a little bit about, I guess, your coaching life now, your business, and what in particular sort of attracted you to that inclusion space? Yeah, so with the business, it's just a, you know, a local club, you know, we cater, you know, for the grassroots and most of our coaching program is, you know, just kids that come in after school and have their half hour lesson a week. But I guess my passion and I've, I've tended to, to move my coaching towards that inclusive space. So I, I really enjoy just reaching out and getting other people involved in sport as far as whether it be um, wheelchair tennis or kids with um, Down syndrome or autism and recently even sort of blind and low vision. So just trying to get more people playing tennis. Lots of different areas there. So you sort of, I guess what's maybe a little bit unique about yourself is that you're, you sort of span a lot of areas in that inclusion space and don't just sort of uh, specialise in the one area. Yeah, I think I just enjoy dealing with all different groups rather than just sort of having a pigeonhole and saying, I'm only going to do do this group. It's just nice and I guess challenging as well, trying to find different ways of coaching all different people. You mentioned wheelchair. You have a couple of quite well-known former students in, in Heath Davidson and Dylan Alcott. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you got started with, with uh, Heath and Dylan and yeah, how you sort of started that wheelchair coaching journey? Yeah, I guess that was my first taste into sort of inclusive tennis coaching um, where I was working at the time. Um, Heath's father gave me a phone or gave the centre a phone call and said, I've got a boy in a wheelchair, can you coach him? And um, I had no experience with wheelchair tennis coaching, but I said yes. We had a session and we gelled. We had a bit of fun out there. It was it was very different. And we just sort of grew together and we learnt along the way together. And then after a while, Dylan joined us. So Heath would have been 14 and Dylan 11. And, you know, they just normal kids just you know, happened to be in wheelchairs and, you know, you know, they couldn't hit the ball over the net. They couldn't get to the ball. So they had all the same challenges as junior beginner kids. And we just started our journey together and it just, we all gelled and we all clicked and, and now they're superstars. Absolutely. Do you, do you still keep in contact with the boys and do you, do you get to have a hit with them now and again? Yeah. Australian Open's probably my favourite time of the year because I get to come off the bench and, and help out um, Francois with the with the coaching down there, and and get on court and have a hit with the boys still, and and sort of be around the team and and just be just another sort of ears that they can chat to if they've got any concerns or they just want to vent. You know, they've always got me to to fall back on and and have a chat to. You sort of mentioning that they you, you know got a phone call from his dad. Would you like to teach my son who's in a wheelchair and never taught anybody in a wheelchair before? And I, I guess there'll be a lot of coaches out there listening to this and, and getting similar phone calls, whether it's a wheelchair or, um, you know, some other student with a with a disability or a special need. Did you have anywhere to go or did you speak to anybody? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for us coaches now, if anybody wants to join the program, you know, I think we should just say yes and then, then work out all the finer details later. Back then, that you know, this is going back 20 years ago, so the world was very different as far as, you know, information and, and internet and, and YouTube and finding um, all the resources. So back then I called Tennis Victoria and Greg Crump, you know, was a great help. He, whatever question I had, he had an answer to, you know, he'd give me 
information about stuff I hadn't even thought of yet. So um, Crumpy was awesome in my development as a wheelchair tennis coach. But nowadays you've got, you know, bounce set up with an inclusion space on it as well. So whatever you need, it, it's out there. So you shouldn't you know, hesitate and think, oh, I don't know if I can. We're coaches. We can coach. Absolutely. And what would you say, you know, I get asked this question quite a bit, what attributes or what does it take to be a good inclusive coach in your opinion? I think empathy is probably the the biggest thing you need. You've got to really understand your athlete um, more so, I think, because you have to know a bit about their disability, obviously, but, you know, what are they capable of too? So find out what they can and can't do, you know, where they've come from and, and, and really sort of understand their needs. Yeah, it's a very much relationship-based coaching. You're coaching the individual, not the, not the disability. So uh, very sort of um, pupil-centred coaching um, style. Yeah, and as we do with all our, you know, people that we coach, you, you've got to challenge them too. You don't sort of think, oh, they can't do this. You go, all right, well, let's see what you can do and work with what they can. Well, some, maybe some of the highlights in the coaching in this space. It's super rewarding. Just, you know, the, the smiles are priceless when um, you see them achieving a goal that they thought maybe they didn't even think they could do at all. We, we always sort of grow up thinking, oh, we're going to be a tennis player or a football player or a soccer player. Sometimes these guys don't have those dreams. So when they achieve something, not only do their faces light up, but their families as well. You know, their parents who might have thought these their children wouldn't have too many opportunities growing up, all of a sudden the world open up opens up for them. Absolutely. Now, I know that you've been, over the years, been quite successful in um, getting some funding to run some of your programs. Do you have any sort of tips or advice for coaches out there, what's available and, and how to go about it? It's really, yeah, getting out there and, and sort of researching where, you know, what grants are available. The Tennis Victoria ACE grants, um, they're amazing. They helped me recently set up a blind and low vision program down at Clarinda Tennis Club. And uh, even sort of partnering with Blind Sports and Recreation Victoria, who provided some funding too to get to get the program up and running. And then, you know, once once you start the program and, and you get the people in and they enjoy being on court, then the program can can run by itself. But that initial funding from Tennis Vic and the partners, it really helps get the program off the ground. I know sometimes when you look at those fundings applications that can be a bit overwhelming do you have any sort of sort of tips to actually sitting down in front of the the laptop or the computer and actually writing them out do you get any help to do it or are you an expert at it now definitely not an expert but um, it is a lot of trial and error and patience you you get started and and sometimes they are a bit overwhelming at times putting as much information as possible really helps out and and actually doing it, because sometimes we look at an application and it might be two, three pages and we think, nah, too too hard. But if we just submit it, they might come back and say, we weren't too sure about what you mean here and you can explain it. And, you know, with a bit of luck, you get the funding and, and help out, which is, especially these days too with NDIS, they supply a lot of funding to, to the people with um, needs as well. So there are lots of avenues to, to get help in setting up and running a, a program. Absolutely. So just say to coaches to, to have a go. To, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, throw your hat in. Absolutely. Inclusive coaching is, is gaining a lot of momentum. 
we've sort of been inspired by all the amazing achievements in the Paralympics. It's it's really getting bigger and bigger. Where, where do you see the, the future in inclusive coaching going? You think it's only just going to keep getting bigger and, and more common um, amongst clubs and just coaching in general, whether it be tennis or any other sport. Um, I think nowadays it's one in five people have are living with a, a disability. So that's, you know, 20% of the population. So that's a, a whole bunch of people that we need to, to think about and cater for, putting a business hat on. You know, if I said I can increase your business by 20%, you'd have a listen and go, all right, what do I do? So purely from a business point of view, a great way to increase your your business revenue. But as a coach point of view, a way to challenge yourself and go, all right, well, this is something I haven't done before. Let's give it a go. You're talking about partnering with different organisations. Probably the, the, the biggest partner I would imagine would be, would be the club. So what sort of relationship do you have with the club and the committee and how do they help you running your programs? Spot on, because, I mean, almost the most challenging part of coaching in this space is is venue and facility, making sure your venue is is set up to cater for, for the needs, whether it be wheelchair access. You know, can someone in a wheelchair come into your club and use your courts, you know, for the blind and low vision, are your pathways clear? So they've got a safe space to, to walk and move around. So having a really open communication with the club and, and having the same vision, as we spoke about, it's a growing space. So tennis clubs always are looking for new members or different ways of getting people in. This is, you know, definitely a way to target a, a new area. Fantastic. Wrapping up and sort of coming towards the end. So you started your journey South Oakley, playing all those years ago. It's been a long journey, but where is the most exotic or the furthest place in the world from from South Oakley you've you've played tennis or coached tennis? Well, exotic. You know, I was lucky enough to play tennis in Egypt, so that was a little bit crazy. But as far as coaching point of view, a couple of years ago I was in France with the junior wheelchair masters kids and um got to coach on a tennis court just at the base of the pyrenees so it was covered surrounded in snow just this random little tennis court you know in this little french village so so running a tennis lesson with a bunch of wheelies you know with snow all around us that was um yeah that was pretty cool sounds good and just anybody listening if they wanted to get in contact with you um whether it was uh, another coach maybe another question a follow-up question or anybody out there that's looking for, for coaching in this space, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Marco? I guess you can jump on the, the website, bounceandhit.com.au, or um, an email, coaching at bounceandhit.com.au. So I'd love to chat to coaches, I guess, anywhere to try help them out and just grow the, the industry as far as the inclusive coaches. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Marco. Really appreciate your time. We'll, we'll catch up soon, no doubt. Thank you for having me on. Well, it was great to chat with Marco, wasn't it, Gab? Just such a leader in the inclusive coaching space. Yeah, it's such a great story that he heard from Heath Davidson's dad about asking for an opportunity just to have a hit. And then obviously the relationship between him and Heath and Dylan, how it grew from there. It's really great to hear those sorts of stories and how they start. And as we mentioned from the top, they were just 11 and, and 14 years old, respectively. So it's unbelievable to, to where they've grown now. And I also love that they were introduced, both parties, and they've kept that connection. And Marco joins them while they're playing at the Australian Open at Melbourne Park. So that must make him feel really special too. 
Yeah, that's really cool. And it's always great to remember where you started, isn't it? So I think from a local point of view, I love Marco's ability to get people involved no matter what their background is and getting a price or smile from a participant and achieving goals is what he's after as a coach. It's always really good to hear. And I've seen myself, Marco, in action, and he really does have a really good way of making being on the court so much fun. I know we went out and did some filming with him a couple of years ago and I actually wanted to get on like get on the court myself. I was like, I don't want to be behind the camera. I want to start playing too. He just he makes it such a fun environment. It's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And some great calls to action there as well for all coaches and some really good points about being more inclusive and and also applying for grants too. He mentioned the Tennis Victoria Ace grants. So Make sure if you are a coach, um, Marco obviously left his details on on the podcast, so reach out to him if you want to connect. Thanks to Marco for his time and to John for the interview. Remember to hit subscribe on Spotify to the Hit Local Play Global podcast, the Tennis Victoria podcast. Tell your friends and follow us on social media. We're at Tennis Victoria on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. See you next time.